All right, this is WUSB Stony Brook, and my guest right now is Mike Nevridakis, no stranger to this station. Uh, he has indeed been the program director in 2005, I think, 2006. He's currently a PhD student at the Department of Radio and Television, Radio, Television and Film at University of Texas at Austin. He also is the producer and host of Austin Hellenic Radio and the webmaster for... Um, LiveGreekRadio.net. Uh, Mike Nevridakis is right now speaking to us via Skype from uh, Greece, where he is right now. Uh, welcome to Medicine Unplugged, Michael Nevridakis. And thank you very much for uh, for having me this morning. Um, I still remember I gave you my demo tape and I wanted to join the station. So <laughs> this is an old connection. How long have you been in Greece? I've been in Greece uh, this year since uh, May 14th, so I'm closing in now on almost two months. Uh, now, you obviously have an interest in affairs that uh, are to do with Greece, and I, I have the feeling there's a very poor understanding about what's going on in Greece right now with the public here in, in the States. Uh, the general impression is that's yet another uprising in yet another country in Europe, and uh, riots and some basic things which I, I, I'm not sure the public understands and uh, I uh, barely understand a bit more than that but uh, there are differences between for instance this and what happened in Egypt and you have a this is a uh, a prime minister who was a member of the popular socialist party and an anti-corruption prime minister and this was a government like that and can you just give us a brief uh, background of what these uh, strikes in the Syntagma Square are and the massive cuts that have been threatened? Everybody knows, I think, that this is uh, part of the European Union and IMF, but uh, the background a little bit for us. Well, to begin, I think uh, what you said at the very beginning is accurate, that uh, much of the American public and in, in, indeed much of the public throughout the world hasn't really been getting the full picture of uh, what has been taking place in Greece over the past couple of months or so. Uh, Greece is currently going through uh, a, a very severe economic crisis. Um, a debt crisis is what a lot of people in the media have been calling it because Greece does have a, a pretty massive amount of debt at this moment. Uh, with, it should be pointed out, however, that while Greece is uh, experiencing this crisis right now, it's far from the only country that is doing so. Uh, many European countries uh, have been in a very similar situation to Greece, such as Portugal, which also has uh, sought out a bailout from the IMF. Uh, Ireland as well has sought a bailout from the IMF. Uh, there's a lot of talk that Spain and Italy may have to follow. Uh, there's many other countries as well, including the United States, that have staggering amounts of debt as well that will have to be dealt with at some point. And certainly we've been hearing more about the American debt as well in the media recently. So what has happened here in Greece is that back in the fall of 2009, elections were held and the Panhellenic Socialist Movement was elected. Uh, the Prime Minister, George Papandreou, uh, is actually was he was actually born in the United States. He's an American citizen. Uh, he's the son of the former Prime Minister of Greece, Andreas Papandreou, and he was elected on a um, very positive campaign message that uh, Greece uh, was uh, a country that was still um, 
economically viable. Uh, one of his famous speeches said that we still have money, uh, that Greece would be able to overcome any economic difficulties that would come its way. That was the message during the uh, months leading up to the election and immediately after the election, but it didn't take very long for that message to change. And by early 2010, there was talk that Greece was in trouble. A lot of the statements that Greek politicians made to the media actually made the situation worse because it led to a lot of market fears that Greece would not be able to repay its debt. And by May of 2010, Greece sought a bailout from the European Union and from the International Monetary Fund, and it received this bailout, this so-called bailout, which in essence was a massive loan to the country to pay off previous loans. Um, what happened, however, along with this bailout, uh, Greece was forced to pass a number of very unpopular and very strict economic austerity measures. Salaries in the public sector were cut, pensions were reduced, taxes were increased, um, and uh, certain, um, certain uh, state agencies were merged with other state agencies, certain people took early retirement so that the, uh, the public workforce would be reduced. And the message at the time was that by taking these measures, Greece would be able to overcome its difficulties very quickly, that by 2011, Greece would be ready to return to the international markets. And that has not turned out to be the case. Uh, I, about a year later, the politicians have come back and they've started saying, well, uh, the situation has gotten worse. We need to take new measures. We need to make new cuts. Uh, we need to cut salary some more. We need to raise taxes across the board. Uh, and we also need to privatize and sell off many state industries and many strategic national resources, including airports, harbors, uh, municipal water systems, and so forth. And as you can imagine, this has been very, very unpopular with a large segment of the Greek population. And that's what's led to the protests that have been taking place for about 50 days, 50 consecutive days now in Sindagma Square. Sindagma Square is uh, in downtown Athens. It's right uh, right outside the Greek parliament. It's the sort of a, the central location in the city of Athens. And since late May, protesters have been gathering uh, every day in Sindagma Square, and they've been protesting these economic measures, and they've been showing their uh, lack of support, if you will, for the political system itself, which they feel has let them down and has let the country down. Now, um, um, essentially, you know, people tend to look for parallels. And if you look at the housing crisis and the financial crisis here in the United States, or the, the, the riots in uh, Egypt, it's against, in Egypt it was against a uh, despotic uh, dictator and uh, the crisis over here, there was a significantly corporate heavy, uh, uh, you know, loan scheme where the house loans were given, uh, mortgages were, unsecured mortgage, mortgages and all that. Uh, but in Greece, it seems like you have a socialist government and uh, people have enjoyed a large extent of social uh, services and, and uh, provided to them. But when people talk about wastage of money and unpaid taxes, which is what uh, we hear if you take the trouble to look for the, the causes of what happens in Greece, where was this money wasted? Was it speculation? Was it a stock market speculation? Well, there's quite a few things to say about this. Um, one of the major uh, things that you hear the protesters in, in Sindagma Square 
protesting about is the fact that they feel that many politicians, both current politicians and former politicians, uh, have actually stolen a lot of money uh, from the uh, from the government coffers, from the European Union uh, development funds that Greece was receiving for quite a number of years. Um, it's sort of an open secret that there's many politicians in the country that are very wealthy and that did not necessarily come from wealthy backgrounds. So there's a lot of suspicion that um, these politicians used their power and used their positions in government to uh, benefit their, uh, their portfolios first and foremost. But that's only part of the answer. Uh, you mentioned tax evasion, for instance. Um, one of the misconceptions that's being portrayed in the media, and particularly in the American media, is that, is that tax evasion is some sort of national sport. That's actually a quotation I've seen more than once in several newspapers, uh, that Greeks by nature just don't like to pay taxes. Uh, they avoid doing so. And, it, and that's really not the case. For instance, with the recent tax increases, there's a value-added tax on even everyday products like orange juice that goes up to 23% in some cases. It's a very, very steep tax. So prices have gone up on consumer goods across the board and there's no way you can avoid those taxes. Second of all, it's very, very well known that um, the major tax evaders in a country are usually the, those who are in the, uh, the wealthier income brackets. Uh, they're the ones that have the accountants, that know the loopholes that allow them to uh, to uh, declare a much lower income than what they make in reality. Uh, they allow them all sorts of loopholes to get away with not paying their fair share of taxes. There's many people that have bank accounts overseas that they do not um, that they basically do not declare when uh, when doing their taxes here in Greece, and the the extent of tax evasion among sort of the wealthier classes in Greece is really quite staggering as a result but not so much against the the uh, the government workers the people that are just working even in the private sector for a fixed salary because they really can't get away with cheating on their taxes they make a fixed salary uh, that's a salary that they have to report to the government and that's that so Tax evasion, yes, it's an issue, but it's not an issue in a way that it's being presented in the media internationally. It, it sort of goes, it's, it's a much more complicated issue than that. And what has happened now with the tax increases that have uh, uh, been passed is that basically the people that were already honest about paying their taxes are the ones that are being punished, whereas the people that were dishonest about paying their taxes are probably going to find ways to continue to be dishonest. And there really hasn't been any concerted effort to go after these people uh, and to collect these back taxes that are owed by them. So that's actually another complaint that many of the protesters have as well, that all of these measures are being passed that really hurt the middle classes and the working classes. Um, and they're not really getting at the root of the issue as well. Finally, you mentioned, um, you, you made a comparison between uh, Greece and what has been taking place in Egypt and um, in other Middle Eastern countries. And as you mentioned, the situation in Greece is different. Greece is a European, is a member of the European Union. It's a member of the Eurozone. The, the government, even if it's very unpopular right now, is democratically elected. And um, there's really not a lot of parallels in that sense with what has taken place in the Middle East. I think the only parallel, however, is that a very large percentage of people in the country are fed up 
with the current political system and would like to see a change somehow. You know, it's inter it's interesting when you mention the propagated myths, and I another one I heard. Uh, it's a it's it's almost a slanderous kind of uh, story about the people being lazy, the population, and being spoon fed by the government. And when one looks up the statistics, it's quite a different story. Apparently, the Greek public work a lot harder, they work longer hours, they take less vacation, they retire at an older age than a lot of other countries uh, in Europe. So this is probably a, a ultimate example of the the small guy getting stiffed. Uh, let's talk about the crowds in Syntagma Square. I hear that's also a very heterogeneous group. I, I hear there are certain portions where you have uh, politicians and professors uh, speaking on microphones to groups of people about things, and then you have the other extreme uh, extremist group. Uh, I had the name somewhere here. It was a. Um, it's a extreme uh, nationalist group that is anti-immigrant, and they are uh, responsible for a lot of violence on the streets. And then you have the rest of the population that really uh, just wants a fair deal. What are what are your observations? Well, the the protests in Sindagma Square have been going on now for about fifty days. Uh, consecutively. And for all but two of those days, they have been very, very peaceful. Uh, what has come, the, the people that have comprised the protests are mainly young people, uh, college graduates, young professionals who in many cases are out of work at the moment, or who are underemployed, uh, or who are just worried about their future. But every night uh, after 6 p.m. and the gathering uh, grows larger, uh, they've been joined, the young people have been joined by, uh, by, by parents, by mothers and fathers, often bringing their children along with them, by retirees and, um, and older people who are worried about their own futures, especially as they see pensions being cut as well, who are also worried about their children's and their grandchildren's futures as well. So it turns into a very large cross-section of Greek society. The protests themselves were actually not organized by any specific political movement. They were not organized by any specific organizations in the country, certainly not by any of the political parties that exist here. Uh, they sort of grew up spontaneously, and one of the uh, main ways in which they were organized and in which um, word about the protests was propagated uh, throughout Greek society was through social networking sites, particularly Facebook, also Twitter. Uh, blogs have also played a major role as well in spreading the word. Uh, so it's really a grassroots effort. Now, as for the uh, the extremist groups that have also been involved at times, they certainly have made their presence um, on a few occasions. Um, but really, when we talk about the violence uh, and the riots that, that have taken place in the protests, those were two days out of 50-plus days in which the protests have uh, been going on so far. And those two days happen to be the two days in which uh, the Greek parliament was debating and voting on the latest round of economic austerity measures. So those were days where the crowds in Sindagma Square were expected to be particularly large uh, as people were planning to come out to actually surround the parliament uh, they were even going to make efforts to not allow the politicians to go in to vote. Um, and the Greek riot police uh, sort of took up its positions from very early in the morning to prevent 
that from happening to allow the politicians to go in. But despite that, things remained peaceful until the early afternoon on both of those days when uh, a group of people who were not a part of the protests showed up and they began wrecking havoc. They began to throw rocks. They began to smash uh, shop windows in the area. And of course, the Greek riot police responded. And the way that they responded was quite heavy handed. Uh, they began throwing tear gas pretty indiscriminately, not just at the people who were uh, throwing rocks and breaking windows, but at the entire group of protesters uh, throughout Sindagma Square as well. And what has sort of come out in the days and weeks following those two violent days? Um, through YouTube videos and photos that have appeared online and that have even been reported here in the mainstream media is that there's been a lot of evidence and a lot of videos and photos showing, first of all, um, the Greek riot police attacking not the troublemakers that were breaking windows or throwing things, but just innocent bystanders who were not doing anything. They would literally go up to people and club them in the head. Uh, and continue clubbing them even when they were lying on the ground unconscious. They would throw tear gas into the entrance of the uh, subway station at Sindagma Square, um, even though the entrance to that subway station had become a makeshift first aid station for people who were injured um, during the violence and during the tear gassing. They threw tear gas into this very closed space. It doesn't have a lot of ventilation. And what a lot of the videos have shown is not just these instances of indiscriminate violence, but also in many cases, the Greek police mingling with these troublemakers and not arresting them, not surrounding them, not stopping them. And it's led a lot of people here to believe and to speculate that these troublemakers were actually not protesters at all, but they were people who were sent into Syndagma Square with the explicit purpose of causing trouble to give the police an excuse to break up the protests. Um, so that's really a very common sentiment over here right now, that um, the violence really did not come out of the protest movement, but out of people who actually wanted to stop the protest movement and to discredit it. Do you, how much of a role do you think that 2008 Olympics played in this uh, accumulating debt that the country is in right now? I believe you mean the 2004 Olympics. That were I'm sorry, 2004 Olympics, yes. They did play a role, even though the economic statistics I've seen uh, basically say that about maybe 4 to 5% of Greece's debt at the moment uh, can be attributed to the, um, uh, to the Olympic Games and to all of the uh, infrastructure projects that took place, all of the spending also for security and anti-terrorism measures. So four to five percent still probably represents hundreds of millions of euros. So it's not a small amount. And there's some people here now who are expressing regrets that Greece even hosted the Olympic Games. Uh, they felt that it was an expensive venture for the country. There's others, however, that feel that the benefits that these projects provided for the country and also the exposure that the country received outweigh the cost of the Olympics when there's been so much other waste and so much other mismanagement of money that uh, in the aggregate probably dwarfs uh, what was spent for this one specific event. Um, it's really hard to say, though. I, I think that the um, the public is mixed on this issue here. Yeah. Do you think the general sentiment is uh, to go back to the drachma from the euro? 
I think that's a very common sentiment. I, I don't know if a majority of people in Greece feel that way or not, but I do think that there's a substantial percentage of the public that does feel that things would be better if Greece returned to the drachma. And there's probably a lot of reasons for this. Some people may just have nostalgia for um, for the time in Greece had its own currency, which especially in the 1980s and 90s mostly coincided with very good economic times for Greece. Um, other people look at it from a much more uh, sophisticated economic perspective perspective and feel that Greece would become a more competitive country if it returned to its own currency, if it had the ability to devalue its own currency, uh, to make its goods more competitive in the uh, international marketplace, to make Greece a more competitive tourist destination, a less expensive tourist destination because tourism is such a big industry here in Greece. Um, so it's, it's something that is commonly heard among uh, large percentages of the public here. Uh, it's a viewpoint that is not being expressed by anyone, at least publicly, from any of the uh, political parties in parliament, however. And in fact, what we're hearing from the politicians is that this would be a death sentence for Greece. Um, whether or not that is actually the case is something that I can't answer. Um, some people would argue that the Greek government and many of the other politicians from the other parties have their own agenda and are trying to scare the public into uh, making them feel that the current round of economic measures is the only way in which Greece can uh, get out of the crisis and, um, and to begin to, uh, to grow again. Um, but there's others who feel that it would hurt the common person uh, to go back to the old currency, that bank accounts would be obliterated, that people's debts would still be owed in euros. So it's really a very complicated question. And um, it's really hard to predict whether or not, um, in the end, Greece will go back to its own currency. Certainly, if it does at some point, though, that will probably greatly impact other European countries, and not just European countries, but probably the uh, entire global economy as well. And it would probably have adverse effects on the euro, uh, to say the least, um, if not leading to the demise of the euro as a, as a common currency completely. And and finally, I, I was quite impressed actually uh, just last week when I saw sections of the the protesters in uh, Syntigma Square taking up the uh, cause of the uh, uh, U.S. Uh, um, audacity of hope, which was the flotilla, the boat that went uh, from here by air, and they finally took the ship from Greece planning to go to Gaza. They were thwarted by the authorities, but uh, there was a time when the people in the square took up the cry of these uh, these uh, humani humanitarian, uh, the, the boat, and they actually uh, uh, spoke of, for the same cause. Did you have any experience of that? I wasn't at the uh, square when this was taking place, but from what I read on the social networking sites and, and Facebook in particular is that um, at Sindagma Square, the protesters who actually have a public forum every night where they have where they let protesters speak in the open microphone and where um, referendums are held every night as well, uh, a referendum was actually held um, to... Um, basically vote in support of the Gaza flotilla, and that referendum passed. Uh, so the uh, the voice of the protesters, the collective voice of the uh, protesters in Sindagma Square voiced its support for the uh, Gaza flotilla, 
And in fact, on many of the Facebook pages and Facebook groups that are associated with the uh, protests taking place in Greece, there's been lots of postings about the, the Gaza flotilla as well. Any general sentiment has been one that has been very negative toward the stance of the Greek government uh, for not letting the uh, Gaza flotilla leave from Greece. And in fact, they've, they've thwarted more than one effort uh, for uh, for um, ships to live to leave Greece and to uh, go to Gaza uh, as part of the flotilla. You know, it's very heartening at this time of trial for the Greek people for us to see them going back to the tradition of uh, Socrates and Plato, uh, where they sit down and discuss things and make decisions based on the facts. Uh, I was very moved by that. My guest has been Mike Nevridakis joining me from Athens via Skype. I know it's very late there. Uh, Mike, and thank you very much for participating in this interview. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.